hands up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries, and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today, and you're going to want to get more copies of this, so give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org. Or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back. Listen and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I got to see. I got to look around. I got diesel smoke rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408 414. Big blue mag. Now it don't matter where I'm going. I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever till the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road. It is my life. 18 wheels rolling on the road. It is my life. friends this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn and the road is our life and we want to thank you for allowing us to ride along with you for the next hour or so so put her on cruise pour yourself a big old cup of coffee and we got a message for you from our good friend James Payne today I know you're going to enjoy here's James Payne when the Lord speaks to me he shows me things and pictures he spoke to me right before Christmas in 2018 Riding in my pickup truck, he said to me, you have had the baby boomer generation. You've had the X generation. He said, I'm going to raise up the 2X generation. I'm going to raise up a generation that is hungry for a double portion of prosperity and power And he said, read Isaiah 43, 19. It says, I will do a new thing. And while we're sitting around praying for revival, God is not interested in revival. Revival is a revisit to a place that you have been before. But a new thing 
is a thing that you ain't never seen before. And Hosea 6, 2, he said, in two days I will revive you, but on the third day I'll raise you up. God is not a God that's interested in taking us back. He's a God that's interested in taking us forward. And your next is not your now. The next thing God does is always greater than the last thing God did. He was born and that was great. He died and that was greater. He rose and that was greater. He sent the Holy Ghost and that was greater. He's coming back and that is greater. When anointings come together like this, I want you to remember what I'm getting ready to say. Destinies are born where anointings intersect. Destinies are born where anointings intersect. It's important that you're not just here in person. It's important that you're here to connect with an anointing that will change your life. I sit down beside Prophet Baker tonight, who is one of the greatest preachers that you'll ever hear, one of the greatest men of God that you'll ever uh, have the privilege of listening to. And when I sat down beside him, he said, you preached two illustrated messages that changed my life. That was so humbling that this great man of God was blessed by something that I said. But how many people have been blessed by what you said? I've got an illustrated message for you tonight. I'm really kind of, that's my forte. Without even trying to get known as, as the world says, branded. I, I've been preaching so much on seed on television that I'm standing at the luggage carousel in New York and a guy from from uh, Africa in broken English walks up and says, you the seed man. <laughs> I walk out the door and, and one of the limo drivers chases me down the sidewalk, come seed man, seed man. Uh, I, was, I was asked by Dr. Marcerello to come to his crusade and be on the platform. And when I got there, uh, Brother Sorello hugged me and whispered, you're the seed man. I watch you on television. And, and, and before we even got in the building, people were running me down. You're the seed man. You're the seed man. And uh, I'm, I'm never without seed. I, I, I believe uh, Jesus, you know, preached 40. He, he, he preached uh, 47 parabolic metaphors in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And 26 of those had to do with sowing and reaping. So if you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to read a very, very familiar scripture. Most of you could memorize it, but I kind of want to break it down to you like the Lord broke it down to me. We're going to read out of the sixth chapter of Luke. The sixth chapter of Luke. These are is the words of Jesus. And if you've got a red-letter Bible, this is in red. He says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Now, I could stop there and preach an hour to religious people that don't believe that you give to receive or sow to reap. 
And I'd appreciate it if you'd quit insulting the integrity of my God. <laughs> the truth of the matter is those who think like that never give. It didn't say you might be given to you. It didn't say 90% of the time it'll be given to you. It says give and it. One day I was reading that and it jumped off the page and got about six foot tall. Look at somebody and say, I'm gonna tell you how to get it. <laughs> if you need it, God's got it. And God wants you to have it. God's greatest desire is to prosper you. To make the world so envious of you that they have to get right with him so that they can have what you have. You're all God has to show the world how good he is. And God's greatest desire is to prosper you because he said through the apostle in 3 John 2, beloved, I wish above all things. Come on. If I say I wish above all things, what I'm getting ready to say is important. I wish above all things. In other words, nothing is more important to me. This is I wish above all things. I put you above everything, and I want you to prosper, and I want you to be in health as your soul prospers. I'd appreciate it if you'd Stop blocking the blessing and let God get to you. That's why I got this shovel. I'd like to wrap some people up beside the head with it. You know, when the Lord gave me this message, he, he told me never to preach it unless he led me to preach it. I haven't preached this message in over three years. And I'm coming here and I didn't want to preach it here. And Monday I get a call and I'm talking to Walt Mills. He said, you remember about three years ago when you preached that message? I said, yeah. He said, I gave him that offering and he said, within a week, uh, somebody sent me $5,000 and it hadn't stopped. And then another man up in New York he said, I saw you on television and, I, and, I preach, and you preached that message and I sowed and, and, and he said, uh, he said uh, I'm going to send you another offering next week. Be looking for it. He sent me another $11,000. I didn't want to preach it. Got on the airplane and my seat was, was eight. My gate was 38. I'm trying to get through my text. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. Running over. See, you need to understand there's a difference in overflow and running over. I don't want to overflow. I want an endless flow. God can do a miracle and give you an overflow. But if you want an endless flow, you've got to learn that if you give, 
It's given back to you, good measure. And giving's not an event. Giving is a lifestyle. God told me, listen, God told me, son, if you get addicted to giving, I'll help you support your habit. The only place you're going to find harvest before seed time is in the dictionary. Give and it shall be given. The culture Jesus is talking to here, Jesus is talking to a culture that, that, you know, didn't carry money in credit cards like you and I carry. They would come down to the marketplace and they would find what they wanted and then they would begin to bargain with this man on what they wanted. And the man, after they met the price, the man would take their container that they brought with them and he would begin to fill that container up. And when he got full, he'd press it down. And then he'd put some more in it. And then he would shake it. And then, and then they would get ready because they knew what was coming next. And they would take their, their garment and stretch their garment out under their container so that when he pressed it down and shook it, when it started running over, they didn't miss nothing. See, some of you need to stop missing the blessing of God. You need to get ready for an overflow. You need to get ready for everything God wants to bless you with and stop missing what God has for you. For what measure you measure, it shall be measured to you. I have, I have three bags here, and they're all three different sizes because I know that people have different needs. I'm this big bag right here. You see, I don't want to have to just go to big churches to get a big offering. I want to be able to go over here to that church that's got 25 that needs a good message and preach to them. And if they don't have enough offering, I got so much, much money back at the house, amen, that it don't matter. Are you listening to me? Money don't dictate my schedule. I don't just go where the big offerings are. I go where the doors open and God moves and God delivers and God sets free. Some of us need to quit making our decisions decisions based on our resources and start making them on our source which is unlimited that can create an endless flow I didn't mean to preach this hard tonight you see now here, here's the church well let me back up Offering comes, and here they are. <laughs> Got your spoon. <laughs> Reach down there, pass them 10s, pass them 20s. Get to that George Washington. You know what I'm, don't you look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about. God speaks to you. You say, well, I got this and this and this and this, and I can't do this because I got this and this and this. What measure you measure, he'll measure back to you. Now, now it's all right if this is your need. <laughs> but I have people walk up to me. I've been debt-free for 31 years. My ministry's been debt-free for 31 years. And I have people walk up to me and hand me $5 and say, would you pray that I would get out of debt? And I say, how much debt you in? Oh, about 500000 
I give them the $5 back. I said, I ain't got that kind of faith. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you what. When it comes to giving, if it don't move you, it's not going to move God. And so, so if this is your need, you're all right. It's going to take a while for God to meet your need. Even if he gives you 30 fold, 30 of these spoons ain't even going to fill this up. What measure you measure, it'll be measured to you. You see, y'all were shouting until I got down on to where it got personal. Getting in line and having somebody pray for you and falling out ain't going to solve your problem. Now, God may give you a financial miracle to help pay your rent or make a car payment, come on, or a building payment. He may give you a miracle, but you don't need to come to God every month to ask God for a miracle. You got to get your seed in the ground, and next month the money will be there, and the next month the money will be there, and you'll tap an endless flow because what measure you measure, he'll measure back to you. All right. Now, some people, they come to God and they messed up. And they don't know about sowing, but then they start sowing and then they get a bigger spoon and then they, they start giving a little bit more. But, you know, and, and the blessing gets a little bit more. And pretty soon their needs are met. But it still ain't no overflow, still ain't no endless flow. Because you see, people get in a comfort zone of giving. It's all right to give $20. You've been saved 20 minutes. But if you've been saved 20 years and that's your giving limit, we need to cast the devil out of you tonight. You've got a serious problem. I'm preaching in a church, a beautiful church, big church. Man, I mean, it was a big church. And the pastor's wife come up, she said, Boy, you got me this morning. She said, I've been in a comfort zone of giving. She said, but I broke out of it this morning. Oh, thank you for that standing ovation. I mean, that was really exciting. You see, now, how many of you, your need resembles this more than it does that little old bag? Oh, am I the only one in here? I said, your need every month resembles this more than it does that, 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 little, that, that little old bag here. You know, let's, let's just get rid of these, you know. Let's just move these and, and let's just get real here. And if you've got that kind of need, God bless you. Y'all can go on home. We'll see you next time. Praise God. I'm talking to folks that need a breakthrough. I'm talking about people that need to get a hold of God. I'm talking about people that want to be part of this 2X generation. You don't just want the power of God. You want the prosperity of God so you can finance the power of God to the world and tell everybody that Jesus can, it can solve their marriage problem, that Jesus can heal their body, that Jesus can deliver them, that Jesus can set them free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew, would you help me? 
Would you help me? I'm going to get Matthew up here. Just hold this, Matthew. Just walk around with me if you don't mind. Just, just holding that. And that need will, I want to tell you, that need will follow you everywhere. You hear what I'm saying? I said that need will follow you everywhere. And that need will whisper in your ear. And that need will be louder than the voice of God. That need will say, you ain't going to make it. That need will say, there ain't no way out of this. That need will say, look how big I am. That need will say, you, you ain't never going, you ain't never going to be able to afford what you think you, uh, I can't afford you never gonna be and that need to just follow you around and that need to torment you and that need to say you ain't gonna get to your your ministry's never gonna grow you're never gonna get any farther than you are right now but all of a sudden in the middle of that shouting need there's a still small voice and that small voice says Gil and it shall be given unto you pressed down shaken together running over it said I cause men I, I attract money everywhere I go. I was on my way to Texas. God told me to open up the left pocket of my suit. I thought that was the craziest thing I ever heard. Got to Texas. There was a woman visiting from Colorado. Walked up, stuck something in my left pocket, $10,000 check. So I opened up every pocket on every suit I got. Praise <laughs> God. You see... You got you got to silence that voice of the need long enough to hear the voice of God. When that widow in First Kings looked at that meal barrel, that meal barrel said, "Today you're going to cook your last cake, and today you and your son are going to eat your last cake, and you're going to die." But down there by the brook, God was talking, and God said to the prophet, "I want you to go over there, and if you can get her to bake a cake, I can change her life." You see, preaching cannot change your life. I can't help you unless I can get you to act on the word of God. Unless I can get you to take a step of faith, I can't help you. That need just follows you around. It just follows you around till one day you get sick of it. You get sick of it. And then the offering comes. You get that little old spoon. You throw that little thing away. You get your shovel, my God. Here we go. What measure you measure, it's going to be measured to you again. I'm changing my life today. My seed's getting bigger. I'm about to do what I haven't ever done so I can receive what I've never received. If you keep giving what you've always given, you're going to keep having what you always have. If you keep sowing what you can't, you don't need, you're going to reap what you can't use. Here's what God said to me, son, if you can shovel it out, I can shovel it in. My God, Matthew, hallelujah. Look at here. I got that big old need. I need God. I said, I need God. I need God. Come on, open that thing up. You see, that's a good illustration right there. That's a good illustration. That's right, prophet. That's right. Praise God. I'm telling you, get it down here on the, get it, set it right down here. We're going to fill that thing all the way up. I said, we're going to fill it all the way up. Praise God. Hallelujah. What measure. If you shovel it out, God will shovel it in. Praise God. I said, if you can shovel it out, God can shovel it in. Hallelujah. I said, if you can shovel it out, God can shovel it in. Now, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something. Put that up against you there, Matthew. Get it up against. Lift it up. Lift it up. Come on. Come on. Lift it up. It's, it's overflowing. I said, it's overflowing. Praise God. Lift it up now. 
Come on, come on with me. Come on with me. Come on with me. Come on with me. Now put it in there. Hallelujah. What are you doing, preacher? I'm going to tell you what. God is trying to get us to the place that we're overflowing. And everywhere Matthew walked, there's seeds. I said everywhere he walked, there's seeds. When you get an overflow, everywhere you go, you go to camp meeting, you leave seeds behind. You go to the hospital, you leave seeds behind. Come on. You either running out or running over. The Lord showed me that Luke 6.38 is the most perfect scripture in the Bible. There's no accidents with God. I said there's no accidents with God. I, I marvel at how the Holy Ghost meticulously orchestrated the authoring of the scripture. Every verse is in place. Right where it's supposed to be. And I'm going to prove that to you. I'm going to dissect this verse. And I want us to look, first of all, at the six. And then it's something I opened up my phone. It said 838. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for confirmation. I'm going to move quickly now, so you'll have to write this down or get the CD, whatever. I want, I want to point out some things to you. Exodus 20 says, in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth and everything in it. Or Genesis uh, 20, 11. In six days, God made everything that we see. In Exodus 24, 16, Moses was on Mount Sinai with God. And God's glory covered the mountain six days. And after six days of the glory, God said, tell him, go, go tell him, bring me an offering. The anointing oil in the tabernacle was mixed with four spices and six quarts of oil. When David, in 2 Samuel 6, prepared to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel out of the house of Obed-Edom, he walked six steps and gave an offering. In Genesis 18, God's sixth promise to Abraham was, I'll give you a son. God's sixth encounter with Jacob, he changed his name to Israel. Numbers 35, God gave six cities of refuge for people to flee into. When Solomon built the temple, he had six steps going up to the throne. When the men of God brought the first offering to the tabernacle of Moses, it was six wagon loads. Isaiah 6 there was angels with six wings. When Boaz measured out the barley to Ruth, it was six measures of barley. You think all this is coincidence? I said, do you think all this is coincidence? Jesus' first miracle in John 2 was how many water pots? Six water pots. He talked to the woman at the well in John 4 at 6 o'clock in the afternoon. John 12, six days before Passover, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. 
Joshua marched around the walls six days. Why is six important? Because seven comes after six. Six is your number, seven's God's number. When you do what you're supposed to do, God will do what he said he'll do. See, the giving is number six, but the press down, shaking together and running over, that's number seven. But you want to skip over six and get to seven. Now, let's look at that middle number, three. Luke 6, 30, three. Genesis 1 and 11, on the third day, God created the seed. Why didn't he create it on the fourth day? Created on the third day because that seed was symbolic. Every one of these seeds here laying on this floor and in this wheelbarrow, they go all the way back to the third day of creation. They were not manufactured in a laboratory. Man cannot make these. And the reason he can't is because there's a word of God in this seed. Thus saith the Lord, on the third day of creation, you're going to be corn. You're going to be corn now. You're going to be corn 5,000 years from now. You're still going to be corn because my word is in you. I programmed you with my DNA, and you're going to be corn. Nobody can change that. You can't confess it to be anything else. You can't act like it's anything else. It's corn now. It's going to be corn tomorrow. If you, if you plant it, it's going to be corn that corn. Don't know if you black, white, rich, poor, educated. Don't know if you live in Missouri or Canada. All that corn knows is if I get planted, I'm gonna come up and I'm gonna multiply and I'm gonna and I'm gonna keep multiplying because God put multiplication in me. Moses was put in the river when he was three months old. Pharaoh offered Moses three compromises because God told Moses, tell Pharaoh to let my people go a three-day journey. His first compromise was worship God but stay in Egypt. Now I'm gonna show you where Pharaoh's going. Worship God but don't go very far. His final result, Exodus 10, 24, worship God but leave all your valuables here in Egypt. Let me tell you something, church. The devil don't care how loud you shout. He don't care how fast you run. He don't care how good you sing. He don't care how great you preach. Come on. You know why? Because that's not what moves God. That moves God's heart. But seed moves God's hand. God's heart is moved by our need. God's hand's moved by our seed. And that's why Pharaoh said, you Go on, but leave all your valuables here in Egypt. The devil wants you to leave your money in the world and your soul in the church. Come on, I'm telling you. But Moses said, I'm gonna go. My kid's gonna go. My cattle's gonna go. Everything I got's leaving Egypt. I ain't leaving one hoof behind. Whatever you want, God, it's yours. If you want the bank account, it's yours. If you want the, uh, the extra money stuck back in the flap of my wallet, it's yours. They left, they left Egypt on the 14th day. They crossed the Red Sea on the 17th day. Three days later, they crossed the Red Sea. God told Moses, Exodus 19, consecrate the people. 
tell them to wash their clothes and get ready because on the third day, I'm going to come down on Mount Sinai. What are you preaching tonight? I'm preaching that this is the third day generation. The Bible said in Exodus 19, on the third day in the morning, there was thundering, lightning, a thick cloud on the mountain. Sound of the trumpet was so loud that all the people in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. God don't meet with stingy people. I don't have time to tell you about Joshua. After 40 years, God said, in three days, you're going to cross this Jordan going to the promised land. Let me hurry to the, to the last number. God's, you know, confirmed in, in, in three different people, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was dark for three hours when Jesus was on the cross. He was in the grave three days. He's manifested in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three bear witness in heaven. The Word, the Father, and the Holy Ghost. Come on. Now let's look at eight. It was on the eighth day of creation that life began. God rested the seventh civilization, began on the eighth. Man sinned, the world was destroyed. God took how many people and put them on an ark? Eight people. Because eight is always and always will be a number of new beginning. So you got six, that's our part. You got three, that's resurrection. You got eight, that's new beginning. It's a perfect scripture. David was the eighth son of Jesse. Eight days after Jesus' resurrection, he appeared to his disciples and said, touch my hands on the eighth day. He said to Abraham, on the eighth day, circumcise all the male children. I'm going to close right here by saying this. If you, the, the Greek al alphabet, each letter is assigned a numeric value. And if you add up the numeric value of the word Jesus, it's 888. 888. <laughs> For the last 25 years, I've been on television. Every day, just about somewhere. And I haven't paid one dime for television time. <laughs> they pay me to be on TV. <laughs> I like that arrangement. A lot better than me paying them. I, I could relate to what Pastor Hogan said every day I... 
I tweet out a message to 14,000 people that are waiting to hear what I have to say. Praise God. Isn't technology great? But you know how that door opened? When God gave me this message and showed me this, he challenged me to plant a $638 seed. Boy, it wasn't a good time to plant it. Does the Lord do you like he does me that he'll speak to you when it ain't a good time? Don't look at me like that. It ain't just after you get your income tax return. It's after you spend it, and then he'll say. Am I the only one that he does like that? And the reason he does that is because that's where faith is, you know, has to be exercised. I said, that's where faith has to be exercised. And I had never, you know, used my faith to, to give like that. I've been spooning it out. <laughs> now, don't y'all look down at the floor because some of y'all act like y'all got a spoon in your pocket. And you've been in everybody's line, and you've been anointed by everybody, and you fell out until they call you sister fall down, but you still broke, busted, and disgusted. you still trying to make it to the end of the month. Come on, you're still trying to get an old car. You don't, you know, uh, I had one of them miracle cars, you know. It's a miracle if it started, miracle if it went to church, miracle if you got home, you know, I, and... and I drove one of them old cars. I remember the first halfway decent car I got, it didn't have air conditioning. I rolled the windows up at, on Sunday when I left church to make people think I had air conditioning, get down the street, and I'd roll them all down, you know. And I had them old miracle cars, you know. And, and, and then when God started talking to me about sowing and about giving, and I realized the power of my seed could change my life, and, and I began to, you know, get addicted to giving. And, and God helped me support my habits. You know, when I was addicted to heroin, uh, God, uh, you, God, you know, he didn't help me when I was addicted to heroin. I had to steal and everything else to support my habit. But when I started giving, God helped me support my habit. When I, when I got called into ministry, I noticed around the pulpit at our church, there was five or six preachers just standing in line ready to preach. And, and, and there wasn't no room for me, you know. So I just noticed that around the offering plate wasn't nobody. So I just started giving. And when God needed a preacher, he found me at the offering plate. Hallelujah. All them five preachers still down there, amen, waiting for a turn to preach. And I'm preaching all over the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That song he's talking about, Let's Have Church, brought in over a million dollars. That one song. Uh, the way that all came about, Mike Perky called me, and he said, I need to record an album. I don't have any money. His church run about 150 at that time. He said, I don't have the money. Can I use your soundtrack and put my voice on it and sell it? I said, sure. He said, how much you charge me? I said, I just sow it. He used five of my tracks, recorded five of my songs. Jan Crouch heard him sing, Let's Have Church, signed him to a recording contract, and then Mike got on TBN singing, Let's Have Church, and every time he sung it, people would pledge $750,000 to Christian television, so he sung it and sung it and sung it, and John Avanzini walked up to Paul Crouch one night with a $100,000 check and said, I'll give you 100000 if I don't ever have to hear, Let's Have Church again. 
but every time he sung it, I got paid. Every time they sold a record, I got paid. Come on. So let me tell you, crank up the music. Let's have church. Come on. I'm talking about what God can do for a giver. Every time, I was just thinking about this this afternoon. The last $638 seed I planted brought $80,000 into my hand. Well, I don't know if God will do that. He won't. He won't that kind of faith. He will not. You don't have to worry about it. He's looking for somebody that believes his word. He's looking for somebody that says, God said, what measure I meet, it'll be measured back to me. I'm stepping in faith. You see, there's three, three uh, motivations for giving. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10 says, the first motivation is decide in your heart what kind of harvest you need. How many of you, what you're giving is not meeting your need? Wave at me. Oh, come on, a bunch of liars here tonight. I said, what you're sowing right now is not... Well, let me rephrase that. What you're sowing right now is not giving you more than enough and an overflow. Raise up your hand. Look around here. Look, hold it up now. What you're sowing right now is not giving you an overflow. Then you need to change your seed. So you determine the art. Number second thing, God will speak to you. How many of you have had God speak to you about giving? All right. The third way, God will speak to a prophet to speak to you. See, people think prophets just say, thus saith the Lord, you're going to grow hair and your wrinkles are going to leave. And they think that's, a, they think, you know, you're going to buy two lottery tickets and, and, and the one's going to win and your husband's going to have the other one and he's going to be jealous of you. And you see, they think that's prophecy. And it is. Uh, but the Lord also uses uh, people to prophesy something that'll change your life. So as I'm praying this afternoon, uh, how many of you know when Prophet Hogan brings people in, he's got to put them in the hotel and, and he's got to take care of them. And he by faith just steps out and says, uh, you know, I'm going to do this. And we shout and we enjoy it and we get preached to and we get our faith built. But when we go home, he's got to pay the bills. So I asked him tonight if I could take an offering. Not for me, but for the camp meeting budget. See how quiet you are. <laughs> so you got to get beyond that. I said, you got to get beyond that. you got to get up on the edge of your seat when people talk about giving. What, what, what's he going I, My God, get your checkbook out. Get your pen ready. What, you know, whatever. Get your credit card. You use it for everything else. My God, use it for God. Hallelujah. Come on. Get up on the edge of What's that prophet going to say? I, I, I come to hear something. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. If what you do tonight's not going to change my life, it's not going to affect me at all. I'm going to go back to the hotel and, and, and I'm, you know, and I'm going to get a good night's rest and I'm going to come over in the morning and hear some preaching. So what you do, it ain't going to change my life. Some preachers say, you don't give, I'm going to lose my car. No, my car's paid for. I've got five of them. <laughs> and when I walked in here tonight, I told them, give me 20 envelopes. 
Because the Lord told me this afternoon, he said, there's 20 people there. And I'm going to talk to you to plant a $638 seed. And if they'll obey me, I, you ought to run down here and get these. I mean, I mean, you ought to run down here and get if you want to change your finances. Praise God. You want two of them? Bless your heart. Hallelujah. There's, when these 20 are gone, you see, you got to get, you got to get ready. The woman with the issue of blood, she had to press through the crowd. She didn't have time to go home and pray about it. Come on. Amen. Amen. I'll come to you if you don't come to me. God said there's 20 people here who need to plant a $638 seed. Amen. And if you'll obey him tonight under this anointing, I said if you'll obey him tonight under this anointing, you're going to see something break loose that you've never seen break loose, and it's going to happen so quick. I got, I got about four left. That's it. Where, where's the four people that, that are not obeying God? Come on. Come on. Well, I know there's five people. See, that need jumped right up on your shoulder. I said, that need jumped right up on your shoulder. I said, you can't do that. I know what God said. God said, there's 20. And, and I'm not going to get in here. I do telethons. When the phone quits ringing, you just keep preaching. Pretty soon they start ringing again. See, people, some people don't get it as quick as other people do. But I don't want to leave these five people out because there's a blessing on the other side of your obedience. Come on, there's four more people. There's four more people. Don't you miss God. I said, don't you miss God. The Bible said, if you hear his word, you'll be established. But we don't want to be established. He said, if you hear his prophets, you'll prosper. Amen. I got three. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count to three. And if you're not up here, praise God, you're going to miss God. Well, I'm sorry. I got two. I got two. Father, in the name of Jesus. Where's these two people? Right back here on the back row. Right back here. You, you got one? You got one. Bless your heart. Praise God. Where's these other two people? Behind the camera? Are you waving at me? All right, somebody take that back to her. Amen. One more. You're going to miss God. If you don't hurry, I'm going to get you a blessing. Now, Brother Payne, I, I couldn't do that. Listen, everybody in here tonight ought to do what I'm getting ready to tell you to do. You can write a $63.80 check. You can give a $63.80 check. That's six thirty-eight. You can't do that. You can give a $6.38 check. You, everybody can give a 638 seed tonight and get a 638 blessing. But don't give a $6.38 seed and think that God's going to fill up this, this need right here. Just remember, you spooning it out, God's going to spoon it out. Hello? Everybody, I, I'm not going to get in a hurry, folks. I, offering should be the longest part of the service. Don't look at me like that. How long do you think it took Aaron and his sons to offer the sacrifices to the Lord in the tabernacle? So I just don't hurry when it comes to offerings. Elijah didn't say to the Lord, now hurry up and get me a cake. You're about to change your life. I said, you're about to change your life with your seed. Listen, folks, I, I didn't just get in the ministry. I got a reputation to uphold. I wouldn't lie to you for all the money in the world. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you what changed my life. Come on. It took 10 minutes to write, let's have church on an airplane. How many of you remember when Brother Swaggart confessed his sins to the world and they, they sung a song that day called His Blood Still Sets Men Free. I wrote that song. I've had 63 number one songs. How did you write? I just keep sowing. God's looking for somebody to bless. God can trust me. Can he trust you? 
Come on. I went to this church up in North Carolina, and good church, good pastor. They owe about 285000 on their building while I'm there. Uh, the Lord said, uh, one of these mornings, you're going to walk in here on Sunday morning, hand them a check for this, and pay this building off. Next day, a woman gave me 100,000 shares of stock. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God can trust me. Can he trust you? Amen. I'm going to pray over your seed tonight. You got your seed ready? When it leaves, listen. If I take one of these kernels of corn and I find me a, a little pot of dirt and I put that seed in that dirt covered up, I can't see it anymore. That's the last time it's going to be a seed. Because <laughs> in 36 hours, in 36 hours, this little corn here, the moisture in the soil will cause this outer shell to crack open, and there'll be a little white hair-like root come down out of it. That root's called the radical. <laughs> this seed's a radical giver. And that little radical root will attach itself to the earth. And when it does, the earth vibrates because 17 different nutrients are being drawn to that root. Isn't that what Jesus said? Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, press down, shake together, run over, shall I cause men. The kingdom of hell vibrates when a child of God plants a seed in the kingdom. And the kingdom of God vibrates as all of these uh, anointings are drawn to that seed to bring forth an overflow. I don't claim to be a prophet like Prophet Baker, Prophet Hogan, who sees into the future. But I can see into the future. And I can prophesy to every person that don't obey God in giving you're never going to have abundance. Because you see, I can't predict your future, but your seed can. Even when these men of God give you a prophetic word, it's up to you to act on that word. And I know most people don't because I go to churches and I say, you know, the Lord said this, and they say, you the third person told me that. And I'm just wondering how many is going to have to come before they listen. Got your seed ready? Get it in your right hand. This is my seed. I'm obeying the word of God. The word says that if I sow this seed, that it'll be given back to me. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Shall God cause, motivate, move people. They'll be drawn to me. Look at somebody. 
Somebody's looking for me right now to give me something. Somebody, come on, look at somebody. Confess it. Somebody's looking for me right now to give me something. Somebody's trying to find me right now to give me something. Even while my seed is still in my hand, God's got somebody looking for me right now. God's got somebody being drawn to me right now. God's got somebody. You know, Pat, Prophet Hogan, last time I was here, you took me upstairs and you showed me this, uh, this uh, studio you're building. And, and I've never had a studio, never needed one. Everybody else lets me use their studio. So I didn't, but I went home and I said, God, you give Prophet Hogan a studio. I'm going to have a studio. So I started building my studio. And, and you know something? I, it, it's not finished and I got more than enough to pay for it already. It's going to be nice. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I just, when I saw Prophet Hogan have one, I wanted one. Praise God. I didn't want his. I wanted mine. God must have a purpose. He wanted me to see yours to inspire me to believe God for mine. I want to get, I want to get, you know, on social media every day in my studio and tell people what I've told you tonight. I want to change people. I want to see them be able to do what I do. Go down to the car dealership, amen, and, and pick out the car you want and just write a check for it. Bless God. And you don't have to put a tag on it that says prayed for. You can put one on it that says paid for. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want people, I want people to be able to hire a contractor like my wife and I did. Amen. And build a house and not have to go to the mortgage company. Just write checks, bless God, and build the kind of house you want. Come on. God has nothing against you prospering like that. But you gotta change your mind and you gotta realize God's trying to bless you. I said God's trying to bless you. And the anointing of God's on me right now to break that thing off of you. In the name of Jesus, I break that thing off of you. Glory to God. I'll tell you how God works. You know, before I got in the, before I got in the, the car to come here, I wrote a $2,000 check to a missionary. So I get here and uh, decided to rent a car. And, and the guy said, I just want to upgrade you to the best we got. Same price. I get to the hotel. And, and, and last time I was here, I witnessed to the guy at the hotel. Really nice young man. Get here. He said, I'm just going to upgrade you to a nicest suite we got. Same price. That's, that's, what, that's what God wants to do. Come on. I get to the, to the airport this morning. I always, I, I don't fly first class unless, unless the people that want me to come pay for it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm economical. I'm tired. I don't buy anything that ain't on sale. I could, but I don't. See, God not only wants to bless you, he wants you to learn how to use money and not waste money. He wants you to be able to manage money. He wants you to be able to handle money. I know how to handle money. So, so you know, I get to the airport and I got a coach ticket. But when I get there, they upgrade me. That's why, that's why I was in 8A. That's why, praise God. See, they just upgrade. They don't know why they're doing it. I just sit there and smile. They don't even know why they're doing it. Come on, they're just doing it because they've been moved by the Holy Ghost. There's a giver there. I was in the grocery store, the, you know, the last time I think I was here. I was in the grocery store. Maybe it was over in, in, in another place, but I was in the grocery store, and I didn't know, but I think it's in, I know it was in Missouri. In Missouri, they got these things, and, and people less fortunate, they got to have these coupons, and they go to the store, and they got to hand them these coupons, and this young girl with a baby was in front of me. And she's putting stuff back because she didn't have the coupons for it. 
I said, honey, God got you in the right line today. There's a giver standing right here. I told her, I said, you get that buggy and you go back in that store and you get whatever you need. I'm going to wait for you right here. And when you get through, I'm going to pay for it and I'm going to go out and help you load it in your car with your baby. And I want you to tell everybody that God was in the grocery line with a giver. Hallelujah. Come on. That's what God wants to do. I said, that's what God wants to do. Man, y'all believe with me? Come on, stretch your hand up with me. Praise God. Hallelujah. God, I touch this seed. Lord, I touch this seed. You know, you know, you know, you take that seed, you cover it up with that dirt and a metamorphosis happens. This seed's no longer in your hand. Now it's in the kingdom. Come on, it's no longer, it's no longer in your hand. You're not gonna see it after tonight, but when it comes back, it's not gonna be a seed. It's gonna be a harvest. It's gonna be good measure, pressed down, shaken together. What left your hand didn't leave your life. What left your hand went into the kingdom, and Jesus is gonna multiply. You ought to walk out of here tonight looking at your hands. Say, hands, get ready. God's about to bless you. Hands get ready. God's about to bless you. Glory to God. Some of y'all don't know that one of these grains of corn will grow a stalk with two ears on it and there'll be 750 grains on each one of them ears. That one kernel there can turn into 1,500 and if you plant it one more time, that 1,500 will turn into 2.2 million. Woo! Amen. Come on. As a matter of fact, if you read that sixth chapter of Luke, Jesus is talking about forgiveness right before he talks about sowing. (laughs) He interrupts his discourse on forgiveness to talk about sowing. Amen. Tell somebody, it's on the way. Let's forget about ourselves and put Jesus first Well, clap your hands and testify of his mighty works Crank up the music, come on, let's have church David said to clap your hands and shout with a loud voice Every time you come to church, you have to make a choice You can sit there in your seat can act like you're asleep. I'm gonna sing and praise the King of Kings. Crank up the music and let's have church. Let's forget about ourselves and put Jesus first. Clap your hands and testify of His mighty works. Crank up the music. Come on, let's have church. In those old camp meeting days when I was just a child The music would start playing and folks would step out in the aisle They would drink that living water until it quenched their thirst And say, crank up the music, let's have church Crank up the music and let's have church Let's forget about ourselves and put Jesus first Clap your hands and 
simple little prayer. Pray, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I surrender all to you. I want to give you my heart right now, Lord, and then I want you to mold me into the person that you want me to be. Help me to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track the preacher had read, his words still echoing in the back of my head. I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. Hey drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab and you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web you can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page so check it out and if you ask jesus christ into your heart then give us a call and let us know been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree those 18 wheels are rolling down that old lonesome road and I shared the good news Wherever I go Yes, there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be And I tell everybody What's happened to me How I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past But I called his name This chance, could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus 
hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.